a wealthy family in a wealthy neighborhood is preparing for Christmas and all the holiday cheer that comes with it. Then suddenly, and without warning, their adult son bolts from their estate in the night, wearing only his boxers. Despite a significant number of tips and leads, neither the police nor his family can find him. To this day, he remains missing. In this special minisode, we discuss the bizarre disappearance of Riles Chapman. Welcome, welcome, welcome into yet another episode of Killing, Missing, Hidden. This is your old buddy Brad. We've got a special listener requested episode. That's right, another one. This one comes from listener Tara. So let's all give Tara a big old hug for making this episode come to life. This is an odd one on many levels, and that's excluding the story itself. First, so many of the links to the news articles and other resources I found were dead. Which is odd to me because the story is set in 2014. I mean, I was able to access them through some of the internet archiving sites. But for an unsolved missing persons case involving an affluent family, I found this surprising. I dare say that I've never run into so many dead links when researching a story. And another oddity. This story received just such little media attention. This, this takes place in South Alabama, and I live in Central Alabama, and have never heard of this case. If it wasn't for Tara, I guess I never would hear of this case. I mean, in fairness, I don't watch the news a whole much, but these sorts of hometown tragedies have a way of getting my attention, usually through my wife. But as you'll see, I'm not the only one who's surprised about not hearing of this case before. And another oddity to me is that the family maintained a website on this case, as most families do when they've got a loved one that goes missing, but they took it down. And the best I can tell with my... And let me emphasize this very limited knowledge of technology. It looks like the website may have only been up for a few months. Now, in fairness, maybe the family just decided that Facebook and social media was a more effective use of their time. But it just struck me as bizarre. So because of these irregularities, I haven't been able to put together as full a story as I would in a, a regular episode, and that's how we ended up with this one just being a mini-sode. So I, I'm, I'm afraid there's just fewer hard facts in this episode than I would prefer, but hopefully it doesn't diminish the quality too terribly much. So, the disappearance. On the evening of December 17th in uh, 2013... The Chapman family was outside decorating their house for Christmas. They were stringing lights around, doing all the tacky stuff you do for Christmas. All was well, all was normal in Dothan, Alabama, the state's seventh largest city that sits in the southeast corner near the Florida and Georgia borders. 
And fun fact, Dothan is known as the peanut capital in the world. Don't know if they earned that title or just gave it to themselves, but who are we to question what Dothan does? 24 hours later, the Chapman's world would change dramatically. Riles, who was their 25-year-old son, had been living in the family's pool house as part of his recovery from a substance abuse issue. His father, Wes, and his sister went to check on him around 7 o'clock that night because they hadn't seen Riles all day. They also had learned that Riles had lost his job earlier that day. Wes, of course, as a father, was scared that Riles was on drugs again, and he just needed to confirm that everything was A-OK. When he got to the pool house, Wes found it locked, and nobody would answer the door, but it was clear somebody was inside. Now, red flags went up immediately because Wes was quoted as saying that Riles morphed into a totally different person when he was on drugs and would be the sort that would harm himself. So Wes had to get into that pool house, as any father or parent would just need to. As Wes is working on a solution to this problem, Riles bursts out the back of the pool house, wearing only his boxers. And he fled from the house. He was screaming that someone was chasing him, that someone was out to get him. And of course, Wes gave chase and, and called Riles, asked him to stop, to hold on. But it's like Riles was in another world. And Wes, I mean... He was a dad. He was an older dude. He couldn't keep up with his athletic son. So Riles disappeared into the darkness on foot with no wallet, no cell phone, without any possessions. Now, a family friend was driving down Highway 84, which is kind of the main road through Dothan. And he saw what he thought was Riles at the entrance to the family's neighborhood catching his breath. However, the friend drove on by thinking Riles was just out for a jog and really didn't think anything of the sighting until he had heard that Riles was missing. Kind of interestingly, the Chapman family searched for Riles on their own for several days without success. Then they contacted law enforcement. Once law enforcement became involved, they coordinated searches weekend after weekend, and the search parties often contained hundreds of volunteers. The police also brought in multiple helicopters and canines, but the searches always came up empty. The community kind of rallied and gave the police dozens of tips. The police, of course, also conducted polygraph examinations of the family members and a few other select individuals, but there was just no leads that materialized. Wes himself received a lot of tips. I uh, don't know why they went to him rather than the police. But, for example, Wes said that a worker at a rescue mission claimed to have seen Riles and gave him 20 bucks to buy some clothes. A soup kitchen volunteer told Wes that he had seen Riles in there to eat three or four times over the last month. There were, of course, just random sightings. Uh, someone said that they had seen Riles behind a Dairy Queen or just walking down the street. One tip even placed Riles in Panama City Beach during spring break. And this, you know, 
spring break would be about four months after he went missing. And again, with each of these tips, Riles just couldn't be found. Now, police stated during a press conference that the circumstances surrounding Riles' disappearance make it different from other missing persons cases, but they refused to elaborate on that statement. So they just left this cryptic, weird statement hanging in the air. It didn't make any sense. Now, we've got some internet rumors to cover, which I normally don't do, as you know, if you listen. And this is where things get a little bit wacky. First, we have a report from a Reddit user whose name is KMK1985AU. And this comes from a post about five years old. He or she claims to have known Riles, said they had mutual friends, but they weren't necessarily friends themselves. Kay was very suspicious of how the searches went down. Kay noted that the family, Riles' family, actually didn't participate in any of the police-led searches until people in the local community started asking questions about what the deal was. And we're getting kind of put off by the family's apparent disinterest in finding their son. Kay also claimed that the flyers the Chapmans distributed left off one very important piece of identifying information about Riles, his tattoos. See, Riles was kind of covered in them, and the flyer doesn't mention them. Wes would also go on to Facebook at the uh, page they created for Riles' search and announce where they would be searching that weekend. And Kay felt like it was posted in such a way that it was meant to alert someone where law enforcement would be. And Kay also brought up the fact that Riles' baby mama didn't really seem phased by the disappearance based on her social media activity. Now, there's repeated references to Riles and his relationship with his kids. He had one child, uh, a daughter, when he went missing, and his girlfriend was apparently pregnant with their second child, who ended up being a boy. The The rumors contradict themselves. Some say he was really close to his daughter. Others say that because of his substance abuse issues, he rarely got to see his daughter. But, as you would imagine, this angle was pushed really hard by the family in pleading for help from the community in finding Riles. One user on the Web Sleuths website noted that on January 13th, 2014, Riles' Facebook profile became friends with eight new people that day. And this same person noted that no one had posted on Riles' Facebook page asking for him to, you know, call them, contact them, begging for him to return. Nothing along those lines. The Find Riles Chapman Facebook page posted on January 15th that an apparent kind of random house in downtown Dothan was raided after receiving several tips, but Riles wasn't there, and no other context is provided. Then we have another post from Web Sluice that claims there's a press conference held on January 21st where the district attorney said something along the lines of, 
Riles, please come home. We can work out whatever you have done. So what the crap was going on with Riles? It's also surprising, too, as I kind of alluded to earlier, when you research this case and you look at a lot of the uh, Facebook postings or these web sleuths postings or you go to a forum that discusses this case, there will be people who are from the Dothan area or around the Dothan area who say they've never heard of this case. Now, so this one sits somewhere between sad and crazy to me. I mean, of course, it's always sad when someone goes missing, especially someone so young in life with so much ahead of them. But boy, does it feel like there's a whole lot more information out there than we're being given. I'll start with why did law enforcement suggest that this case was particularly challenging and then just go silent after that? If a young adult is missing, what, what's the challenging part of it? I mean, all missing persons cases have their challenges, but why go out of your way to say, oh, this one, this one's a doozy, and then provide nothing to support that statement? And I find myself somewhat swayed by these rumorish stories, which I can't substantiate, of course, that Riles may have been up to something. We know that the Find Riles Chapman Facebook page posted about the house being raided in downtown Dothan. And I think that wording is key. It did not say searched, it said raided. So did we have police in SWAT gear, you know, armed with heavy weapons and body armor busting into this house? And then the page is disappointed that Riles isn't there. He isn't found as part of the raid. So is he... And that big of a threat to the community is, has he hooked up with some sort of gang or cartel? We have these unconfirmed reports of the DA reaching out to Riles via that press conference saying they can work things out. That means something needed to be worked out, right? There's, but there's no indication of what, what Riles could have been up to. And I think that's what gives the story a really kind of frightening twist. And then the family just seems to have handled this in a really odd way. And I know people react differently and sometimes in strange ways when going through times of extreme grief. And I, I don't mean for any of my thoughts to suggest that they're weirdos in any way. But why would you wait days before you called the police when your son goes missing? Now... And during a TV interview, which is linked in the show notes, Riles' mother said that they didn't call the police immediately because they thought Riles would just eventually come home, which kind of implicitly suggests he had done this before. But there's no indication from any of the sources I can find that Wes or anybody else from the Chapman family made any effort to look for Riles that night that he disappeared. And I find it odd what the Reddit user said about the flyers. And I, I looked and could confirm this to some degree. Um, you can go to the Facebook page and see the flyers that the family distributed. And sure enough, I mean, it, it describes Riles as being six foot one, 180 pounds, Caucasian, 25 years old. That's, that's a lot of people. <laughs> I, I mean, that really doesn't give you anything to latch on to. But if you look at pictures of Riles, he is tatted up. He's got tattoos on his chest, on his back, all down his arms, on his hands. 
and they don't note the tattoos in any of the flyers. And if I remember correctly, the picture they use is one where he's kind of dressed up preppy, so a lot of the tattoos are covered. So you add together these poorly constructed flyers, the family delaying any sort of search efforts, and then the family, once they begin participating in search efforts, alerting everybody where they're going to be before the search starts, it's just weird. I mean, I'm not suggesting at all that the family had anything to do with him going missing, but none of that is normal. None of that is normal. And another little fact, that, and this may mean nothing, but we've all seen how affluent white neighborhoods handle Christmas, right? Lights are up the day after Thanksgiving at a minimum. Maybe the day after Halloween. Why are the Chapmans decorating for Christmas on December 17th? That's only eight days before Christmas. Why bother at this point? And of course, we're left with this hanging question of where does a man go when he has no money, no car, no cell phone, and no clothes? You can't hitchhike in that condition. Who on earth is going to pick up a dude that's all tatted up, wearing nothing but boxer shorts. So unless he had a friend who was coming to pick him up, how the friend would know, I don't know, unless Riles made the call before he burst out the back door of the pool house. Riles is traveling at night, barefoot, in the night, during December. Now granted, December in South Alabama is not like December in Wisconsin or New York or Idaho or somewhere like that. But it ain't comfortable. You don't want to be barefoot and shirtless out in that weather. This is just such a bizarre set of circumstances. And I'm sad to say with that, that's really all we've got on this case. There's no information out there about it. Now, if you happen to know something about this case, I'm sure the Dothan police would love to hear from you. Their number is 334-615-3000. Again, 334-615-3000. This is a strange case. It's been through detective after detective, and I know they'd love to close the book on it. I just don't see how this one ends. It's, it's, it's a doozy to me. It's got me stumped. So... But again, thank you, Tara, for the case suggestion. Um, I still can't believe I had never heard of this one. Again, I've got a backlog of case suggestions from listeners that I'm trying to work through. But if there's something you want to hear, don't be bashful about sharing it. You can email us. Email is info at kmhpodcast.com. Or you can hit us up through any of our social media pages. We're on Instagram at kmh.podcast. Twitter is at kmhpodcast. We've got the Facebook page, which you all should be members of, but you're not. I I don't know what your problem, what your hang-up is, but that's for you to figure out. Okay. All right. And palate cleanser time, and we've actually got a listener palate cleanser. This comes from Marisol, or more specifically, her little brother. And she said he would be tickled to death to have one of his jokes as our palate cleanser. So this is for you, big guy. Here we go. 
Dad, I've got to go out and get some gas. Son, so you're going to Taco Bell again? And there we go. High class, high quality, highbrow humor. Just for y'all. So, obviously we're all about the listener suggestions today. Um, man, if y'all have any theories on this case, please share them. I would love to know what y'all think on this one because, I I mean, could Riles have gotten mixed up in the drug business somehow? You know, either buying, selling, investing, you know, had his addiction overtaken his life and he was effectively not in control, just leading him down this wild path? I don't know. I mean, I just, I don't know. And I can't come up with a solution that makes sense to me, so... Well, we will return on Tuesday as per our usual schedule. Uh, I hope you enjoyed having this little mini-sode to tie you over for the weekend. When we return on Tuesday, please be prepared with pencil and paper because that episode will be on the final. Aren't you glad those days are behind you where you don't have to worry about pop quizzes or studying or any of that crap? Uh, It is time for me to shake little rattlesnakes. And so with that, Brad is out. Thank you for listening to Killing, Missing, Hidden. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share. Questions? Email us at info at